Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. The second I land in Milwaukee, I'm a different person. My whole body tenses from my leather booted feet to my long brown hair crimped into stifled curls during the 14 hour flight from Israel. If my dad notices any of this, he doesn't mention it. He's smoking again, staring out the window. I haven't seen him with a cigarette in years. And for a second, I can't help but wonder if I got in the right car. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today I'm talking to Jana Slor, author of At the End of the World, Turn Left. Anna and Masha were young when their parents immigrated from the former Soviet Union to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Masha is a linguist, happily living with her boyfriend in Israel. Anna is a college student who wishes she could pursue art. Her life is filled with parties, boyfriends, and constantly changing roommates. One day, she receives an online message from a woman in Ukraine claiming they're sisters. And the woman claims that all she wants is a DNA test to prove that Anna's father is also hers. Anna knows about scams, especially after she meets Tristan. And he convinces her that he's kind of a Robin Hood. This is a novel filled with alcohol, cigarettes, drugs. It's about family, language, identity, and home. Hi, Jana. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So how did you come to write this novel? That's a very long story. Um, But I guess it started as a I was writing all these nonfiction essays about my family's experiences in the Soviet Union and my memories of it. And I got a publisher for that. And we were trying to do a collection of essays. Then we tried to turn it into a memoir and it just wasn't really working. And so eventually I decided to try and turn it into a novel. So after I I basically based... Anna's character on me at 19 and then I kind of fictionalized her so uh then I got like the Anna storyline then my publisher dropped me and I had to kind of start over and I went through many many different versions and drafts until I got 
Masha in there. And then I found a new publisher and they were a crime publisher and my editor um, and I worked on it back and forth for about another year. Uh, and most of her, most of her uh, feedback was like, we're a crime publisher. We need more crime. Cause I had been sort of skipping over the actual crime parts. Cause I, I guess I didn't think I could write them. I was procrastinating. Um, then once I finally did sit down and write it, it really made the book work and it was basically done after that. So I would say that was probably like a five year process or so. Wow. Can you explain the title at the end of the world turn left? Yes. It's a Hebrew saying for the middle of nowhere. Um, and so it has like several meanings in the way that I was intending. One is that it's, uh, about the identity of the sisters. They mo- both feel kind of in the middle of nowhere because they don't really belong in Ukraine anymore, but they don't belong in America really. As immigrants, they didn't really feel like they belonged. So identity-wise, they're sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then also at the end of the world, turn left the way that I envisioned it was sort of like anytime you get stuck somewhere, you you can always just get up and leave and turn and make a new life for yourself somewhere else. You're never really stuck, which is what every character in this book does. Like they're all immigrants. They all move around a lot. Um, and they all have to like make these large changes for themselves. Um, so I thought it kind of fit in both capacities. Masha and her sister were too young to understand what was happening in the Soviet Union, but their parents and grandparents still seem scarred from all the deprivation. Can you say more about that? Yeah. um, I don't know if they're really scarred, but growing up um, there obviously made them very different people than the sisters who grew up in America. And in a way, they were kind of stuck in that Soviet Union life because they lived in this apartment building full of all other Russian immigrants from the Soviet Union and they never had to learn English so they could kind of just keep living in this world that they used to live in just in America with more freedom and not starving so they had very different lives because then the Anna and Masha's parents that generation when they they moved like in their 30s and 40s so they had to go back to school, learn English, start all over again. Um, And basically, because they had seen both worlds, they really appreciated living in America uh, and, you know, not having to struggle as much. And, like, their main pursuit was just, like, being middle class and being comfortable financially and having their kids be comfortable. So each generation kind of reacted to the moving a little bit differently. Um, I hope that explains your question. Yeah. Yeah. Do Masha and Anna's parents feel like they've achieved the American dream? I think, I think so. Um, They, you know, have a house in the suburbs and their kids went to college and I mean, they probably would prefer their kids to have different careers. Like just judging from my own, my own family, they're very much like go be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer and make, make money and who cares about art? Art doesn't make money. So I think they feel successful 
in some ways at least because they are doing well and they can like go on vacation and retire but I don't know if like the fictional characters in this book if the parents felt successful just because you know Masha ends up in Israel and they never see her and then Anna wants to be an artist which they don't approve of so I guess I'm not entirely sure (laughs) yeah Interesting. Milwaukee is like a a character in the book, the city of Milwaukee. And uh, I'm from Chicago, so I've been to Milwaukee, but I I don't really know the city. Anna's been living in an area called River West that she says is like, here's a quote from the story, like 10 blocks of people who ate lunch in their school bathrooms. That was hysterical. It seemed rough and there's a lot of drinking and drugs, but it also seems to be like just a mile or so from the suburbs. Can you explain oh no it's not from the suburbs uh it's not a mile or so from the suburbs it's like in the city it's right next to actually some very sketchy neighborhoods um to get to her parents house was probably 20 minutes drive or so so that would have been the suburbs but Uh, but but what about the bike riding what's that right when they were riding bikes i thought they were going to suburban streets oh no they well they went to shorewood which is the closest suburb, but even that is fairly far away. Like it would have been miles that they were biking, like several miles. In the freezing cold with yes, snow in on the, the ground. Cold. I've done that bike ride. It's, it's, <laughs> you get very cold and wet. Masha's father sends a one-way ticket for her from Israel to come to Milwaukee, but he knows that she chose to settle there, that she has a boyfriend. Is he hoping she'll forget to go back? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) It's partly that and partly probably because he didn't, he wouldn't have known how long it would take to find the sister. Ah, that's true. Masha's a linguist, often seeking words in other languages that describe her feelings. My favorite one of all of them was Fesselich. Does your mind work like Masha's? Can you say more about her? I really enjoy hearing about languages and like all the untranslatable words. My favorite one was Fernwa, the homesickness for a place you've never been. I really connected with that because I always kind of felt that since, uh, you know, my my home technically doesn't exist anymore because it was the Soviet Union at the time. And now it's Ukraine. And well, who knows what it'll be in a, in a month or two. <laughs> but uh, but uh, like that feeling of home and being in the same place and where you were born and raised, like I just never had that. So I really connected with that feeling. And same with all the other words that I ended up using in the book. Um, I was always interested in linguistics and I, I speak a couple languages. So uh, I wouldn't say my brain works like a linguist. It's more like a curiosity that I was addressing while writing this book. And I don't think I've thought about it since. <laughs> okay. I do find it interesting. And if things like that pop up, it, it kind of sticks in my head. Um, Anna gets a phone call that, or not a phone call, she sees on, on the internet, a message that might be a scam. But the woman has all kinds of information and a picture of uh, her mother with Masha and Anna's father. Was was Anna naive to believe any of it? I don't think she was naive. I think uh, there was definitely always a chance that the girl was telling the truth. Um, I won't say 
for people who haven't finished the book, if she was or not, I've heard of, I've heard of situations like this happening at least two, just in my extended family. So definitely not naive. I just think, uh, I think that she maybe inserted herself into the drama a little too much and maybe should have let her dad handle it. I don't know. I think that that would have been a a good solution. Yeah. But you know, she was 19 and obviously she's a little bit interested in chaos as an artist and like she probably enjoyed the the adventure of it too. Okay. But I got to ask since you said she was based on you, did something like that happen to you? Um, (laughs) something like that happened to somebody I know. I kind of borrowed things from other people and, and mix them up together. Uh, the, okay. plot, the plot of it was not based on me, actually, just Anna, the character, and her mm. roommates and stuff, and that River West life, that was based on me. The plot I ended up having to make up because my life's not that interesting. <laughs> but I've definitely <laughs> heard of two different situations that are very similar to the half-sister story, and I just thought that's too good to pass up. <laughs> I, I don't want to give away any of the mystery or ask you questions about it, but could we talk about how Masha tries to follow her sister's trail via her emails? Um, yeah, well, mostly it was, I think is through her MySpace messages, if I recall. I, I haven't read my book in a little bit. MySpace messages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like, I mean, people would probably do that now as well. Just go straight to the social media accounts and check out what's been going on there if you want to find somebody who's missing. Except now it, what people are so tech savvy, they would probably just delete their messages. So maybe you would have to get a hacker. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think she does a good job of figuring it out. She, even though I guess they didn't really lead her to anything. She ended up finding out randomly. But <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Yeah. At least she um, knew the whole story of why why her sister had left. Right. She understands. Anna sees a lot of train hoppers. We used to call them bums, but I think that's no longer politically correct. Can, can I, I didn't know that's still possible. I, I mean, I've taken the Metro line to Milwaukee and did, is that the one that people? Oh what, no, what they trains? ride like freight tra- freight trains, like ah. um, in you know in the empty like the empty carriages. Okay, so they still exist. Oh yeah, I mean I haven't met any recently, but back then they used to be in River West all the time. I met so many of them. So like how did you subculture. survive? How did you survive River West? Well, I never went on a train. I was invited a couple times and I was like, that sounds dangerous. I'm going to skip that. Uh, (laughs) But there's just, there's a lot of different subcultures in River West, like, and some of them would intersect and some wouldn't. So I was more in like the artsy going to punk shows in the basement and drinking too much scene, but there were definitely other scenes like the train hoppers and uh, the criminal aspects, which I never got involved in either. Good to know. There's also hippies. There's also, there's just all types of different people in River West. 
so I was interested to know, is it still there or has it been gentrified? It's No, it's still there. It's like the place where everyone keeps saying it's up and coming for the last like 40 years. It never comes. It's always <laughs> <Okay>. up. <laughs> um, so the family is Jewish, although because they were from the Soviet Union, they weren't Jewishly educated and didn't participate much. But Masha thinks a lot about it. She says, quote, in less than 100 years, Jews were forced out of Ukraine almost entirely, either by gas chamber or anti-Semitic politics. Can you say more? Yeah, well, I found that really interesting when I looked at the numbers and how quickly they declined after World War II. Uh, There's just almost no Jews left. And when I went back to my hometown in Ukraine, it was very obvious in a visual way because the synagogue was closed, like just never opening again because there's no Jews there. The Jewish cemetery was completely in shambles. Like nobody took care of it or went there. It was like on top of this hill and all the graves were kind of half broken and no one had mowed the lawn in years. And it was quite a visual to have. It's like all the Jews really did leave. I mean, I know there's some left, but not in my hometown. Mm. So interesting. I understand uh, this book. Uh, um, came out last year in 2021, and but I didn't find you until this year. So here it is, 2022, and I'm wondering, what's next for you? What is it, another book coming out? Yes, what's going I, on? I have another book coming out in April of next year called Breakfall. Um, I don't have too many details about it yet because we're still doing a lot of all the finalizing things, but it's a murder mystery and also a romance, and very different than this book, and no Jewish characters at all. <laughs> and it's centered around a jujitsu gym um, that's very close-knit, and there's just a lot of drama. That's all I can really say about it right now. <laughs> well, I love a good murder mystery. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jean. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. And thank you for joining me today. Again, this is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I'm talking to Jana Slor, author of At the End of the World, Turn Left. Hope you've got a juicy novel waiting for you today. Happy reading.